Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. And before I get this show started, I got to ask the question to all those listening to this show this evening. I got to ask the question, is Jalen Hurst an MVP candidate? Jalen Hurst, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, is he a candidate for MVP? Now, if you feel as though he is, Please subscribe to this podcast. It would mean that much to me, but it would mean more to see how many people are in support of Mr. Jalen Hurst. Now, I'm not going to be a hater. I could be because I really can't stand the Eagles. But I guess if I wanted to be a fan of sports and if I really wanted to just break down my feelings about teams within the division of my beloved Washington Com- Commanders team. I would be the first one to say of those teams I respect the most, it might be Philly, but by a smidge. Can't stand the Giants, really can't stand the Cowboys. If there's a team that we can respect in the division, it could be Philly because it's usually a slugfest. It's usually back and forth. But man, this whole past week, all I heard about was Jalen Hurst this, Jalen Hurst that, Jalen, Jalen, Jalen. This guy wins on Monday night against Minnesota, and all of a sudden, he's the second coming. It makes Philadelphia look like they knew what they were doing. If so, then why are they ranked eighth in power rankings? Eighth, 2-0. and They're one of six teams that are 2-0 and going into week three. But yet we're going to emphasize Jalen Hurst. Jalen, Jalen. Stop it, people. The commission will be the first one to tell you stop. And I'm not trying to rain on the parade of you Philly fans. Shout out to you guys. You guys are devoted. I told you guys last year when I went to a game how devoted the Philly fans are out there. At Lincoln Financial is where the Eagles play. Forgive me, guys. It's not like I don't know. There's a lot of stadiums I've been to. But for this one here in Philly, that place was packed with Eagle fans. And this was a meaningless, meaningless game. I don't know, 12 or 13 last year. It was on a Tuesday night when Philly was playing Washington. And there wasn't an empty seat in that stadium. Half the team was stricken with COVID. Made no difference. But you guys were in full support of your Philly guys, your Philly fans, you Philadelphia Eagles fans. I I give you all the credit in the world for just being there. Because what I saw Monday night, it was no different. That place was packed to the rafters. And I saw what you guys did to the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, shame on you. At what point are you going to get over that hurdle, bro? At what point are you going to start winning games on Monday night? That seems to be your kryptonite. Doesn't make a difference what team he played on. He just looked horrendous. The team as a whole looked horrendous. Only put up, I think, seven points. But we're talking about Jalen Hurst. And I see that this stat line was saying, hey, we know what he can do. We know what his strong points are. His strong point starts with his his management in the pocket. Staying poised, composed, looking for the open receivers, trying to find A.J. Brown, trying to find... Devonta Smith. I, I listen. I get all of that. I get what Jalen Hurst is capable of doing. I've seen what he is capable of doing, inside, outside the pocket, and I'm proud of his accomplishments thus far. But it's only been two weeks, two weeks, and we got him up there for MVP. 
I'm looking at the stats right now. Jalen Hurts is eighth amongst other quarterbacks. Eighth. But yet we got him as MVP. So if we got him as MVP, can we put Tua Tungavailoa as MVP? Can we put Carson Wentz as MVP? Shout out to Carson Wentz. Can we put Joe Flacco as MVP? Can we put Jacoby Brissett as MVP? You know why? Because these quarterbacks all are ahead of him in rankings. In quarterback rankings, these quarterbacks are ahead of Jalen Hurts. And this is based off the last two games, three games, if you're talking about Cleveland, Pittsburgh. It's the point that it's too soon to anoint this man as MVP. I like what he's doing this year. I like the way he's handling that Philadelphia offense. I will not take that away from him. And I know there's plenty of fans out there that will say the same. I like the way he's managing this team. I like what he commits to when it's time to pass the ball. He looks very accurate. But Jalen Hurst is not a passing quarterback. He's a balanced quarterback that would rather run than pass. And I get all that. And I, I respect that. But please, please don't come out your mouth and say he's an MVP candidate. Because then I got to look at all the other quarterbacks that's ranked before him and say to myself, they should be MVP. Joe Flacco is doing a better job than Jalen Hurst in the pocket. Joe Flacco, third amongst quarterbacks at this moment. Are we talking about Joe Flacco as MVP? Heck no. But we want to give this man, Jalen Hurst, praise for what he did to Minnesota. Okay, fine. Enjoy your week. I know you got a short week ahead of you. Because you got to play my commanders. Shout out to the commanders. Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, former teammates going at it. That should be a great game. However, that is not going to be my game for two-a-days. I will go into week three's two-a-days in just a moment. But I had to start by talking about Jalen Hurts. I respect the man. I (laughs) didn't sound like it too much because the commission wants to be funny. But based on what I see, there are seven quarterbacks ranked over Jalen Hurst right now after two weeks. And one of them, one of them is Jacoby Brissett. Shout out to Jacoby Brissett. Did you see what that man did on Thursday night? He went out there and dismantled that Pittsburgh defense. Jacoby Brissett. Man threw for over 200 yards. Had two touchdowns. Probably could have had a third if he ran it in the red zone late in the second half. Jacoby Brissett looks like a phenomenon out there. He is outstanding. And I want to give praise to him because it took this long for him to have a start position. And it's still not even his position because it belongs to Deshaun Watson at some point once he's done with suspension. But we have to give credit where credit is due. We have to give credit to Jacoby Brissett for what he's done to this point with this Browns offense. Yes, they're two and one. They probably should have won a game. They should have won that game last week against the Jets. But it shows that even on days like that, where even if you're on a high, even if you're scoring well and you're up by two touchdowns, it's not to say that that's the end of the game. It's not to say that that's to win the game. The Browns failed to finish the game. 
and it's not all on Jacoby Brissett. It's not all on that offense. But based on what I've seen the last three weeks with that team, they look for real. They look a lot more real than the Cincinnati Bengals right now. The Bengals just can't get right. That's one of a few teams that is 0-2 going into the third week of the NFL. Other 0-2 teams goes a little something like this. The Carolina Panthers, which is a shocker to me. I really thought that uh, my main man, Baker Mayfield, would be out there doing work. Doesn't look that way. That offense still hasn't clicked yet. May take some time, but how much time does Coach Matt Rule have left with that Carolina offense? Atlanta Falcons 0-2. Tennessee Titans was in the playoffs last year. 0-2. Did you see that game against the Buffalo Bills? That was horrendous. Horrendous. Nothing impressive about that game, about that team. Ryan Tannehill is showing his true colors. I think Derrick Henry has now become predictable. They know how to slow this man down. Had about 14, 15 carries for about 30 yards. That's not good enough. That's not going to work. But this is what we're getting from Tennessee. 0-2. Cincinnati Bungles. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals. 0-2. The Las Vegas Raiders is 0-2. After being 4-0 in preseason, I don't know what to say, people. It's not that predictable. You thought, maybe I thought, the commission thought it would be more predictable this year, but it's not. And yeah, it's still a lot of football. A lot of people say it's a lot of football. But what amount of football really matters the most when you're talking about football? It's usually the first two weeks of the season. Why? Because the first two weeks tells the tale of who's going to be in the playoffs by the time the season is over. Who has a chance of going far? Maybe even going to the Super Bowl. Can we sit here and say that these 0-2 teams have a shot? I don't think so. The only team that may have a shot out of those five could be Tennessee because of the weak division they're in. Look at the Colts for that matter. They're 0-1-1. It's amazing what we're talking about these days with these teams. It just doesn't look promising. But what does look promising are the 2-0 and o teams that are going into week three. I just made mention of a few. Actually, I just made mention of one with Philly. Miami Dolphins, shout out to them. 2-0. and o. Buffalo Bills, anybody have any doubt? They're 2-0. and o. Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, they're 2-0. The New York Football Giants, step. Let me step, man. Shout out to the New York football judge. It's not pretty. It's not supposed to be pretty when you're talking about the NFC East. It's not pretty. But they're winning. They did a good job. Did a good job against Carolina. Probably did a better job against Tennessee. Tennessee was probably more of the, the tougher opponent, but still... It's the fact that it's, it's how you win. It makes all the difference. I don't know what Daniel Jones' future is like. I like to think that Saquon Barkley would be there a little bit longer than Daniel Jones. But that's not guaranteed either. We still got to pay Saquon Barkley top dollar, considering he's a number two overall pick back in 2018. So what are we going to do with that team as this team gets hotter? 
that I'll talk more about the Giants when the time comes. I will this episode, best believe. But let me start with the two days from last week. I had two games, four teams I picked from last week. I'll talk briefly about them. We had Green Bay at Chicago, at Chi-Town. Wrong. Green Bay did not play at Chi-Town. Wrong. That is a my bad from the commission. They played in Green Bay there in Lambeau Field. Yes, they did. And Green Bay proved again. Aaron Rodgers proved again, even with a very subpar game, that he still owns the Bears. The Bears look that bad. They're miserable. That's a miserable team to watch. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing competitive about the Bears. It makes you wonder if that week one game against the 49ers was a fluke because nothing that I saw that Sunday night showed me that the Bears were even ready to play against Green Bay. Justin Fields is a joke, and it's not to take away from Justin Fields. I'm sorry, partner. I am not trying to rain on your parade. But I saw what you did. And I saw the accomplishments you made. And it was nothing pretty about that game against a Green Bay defense that you could have exposed. There was nothing promising or, or fascinating about Green Bay's defense. But why couldn't you do more on offense? What was it, the play calls? I saw some plays that would just blow anybody else's mind. Blew my mind. I couldn't understand for the life of me why you would give the ball to Jalen Hurts on the goal line, fourth and goal, on a quarterback sneak. You think anybody is surprised by that? You think he, he was throwing anybody off guard with that sneak? They couldn't score in the red zone. They didn't score anything else in the second half. It was pitiful to watch. Pitiful. I feel for the Bears, and I feel more for Justin Fields because there's very little he could do about this. He had to go through another year trying to figure out how the heck am I going to get out of this one. Rodgers still owns the Bears. Best believe. Best believe. It wasn't the best game that I saw, but I did see what Aaron Jones did. Shout out to Aaron Jones. He had a ball. 15 carries for 132 yards, one touchdown. Three receptions for 38 yards and another touchdown. That is the Aaron Jones I'm used to seeing. But he comes alive when it comes against the Bears. There's nothing you can say about Packers when it's time to play the Bears. Big guys step up in those games. But that offense still needs work. And I'm just sorry that the Bears defense did not exploit that. With that being said, shout out to Green Bay for just owning and still owning the Bears on Sunday night. Other game I was going to talk about was the Washington Commanders at Detroit. Now, I don't know if anybody watched this game in full. I don't know how many people took the time out to even consider watching Washington, Detroit. I did my best to watch these guys play. And man, am I embarrassed to even call them my favorite team. What in the world is going on with that defense? This defense was a top five defense just two seasons ago. And these guys couldn't stop a nosebleed. Omen Ross, St. Brown. Looked like Jerry Rice out there. 
Jared Goff looked like Joe Montana out there. Gave up 22 points in the first half alone. This Washington defense, what is the problem? You ask the commission, nobody. And nobody on that team is disciplined. There's a lack of discipline, lack of execution to do what's necessary to shut down the offense. And there are teams, and there are t- there are players that are putting in their best work to try to win. There really were, but I just did not see that. I saw no promise in a team that even at this point, with Carson Wentz playing some of his best football right now, two weeks in, hey, if we can if we can give high praise to Jalen Hurts, why can't we do the same for Carson Wentz? He's second in the league. In, in passing yards, second in the league in passing yards, top of the league in touchdown passes with seven. What can you say about Carson Wentz right now? He looks like the heavy favorite against Philly. I can't say the same about what the Detroit Lions are going to do this week. But I can tell you right now, for what this Washington team can do, It's just a shame that they did not do it last Sunday against a team that they probably, probably should have smacked up in their own field. Too many mistakes, too many penalties, too many failed plays, executed plays by that defense. I can't say enough. It was pitiful to watch. I got all the stats here. Don't need to. To, to really give out any kind of stat. I didn't want to give out stats for anybody else, but I did. So I guess I should give Jared Goff some love. The guy threw for over 250 yards and had four touchdowns. What? Did I read that correctly? Four touchdowns against Washington Commanders defense. Something will have to change. I, I don't know what exactly... But something needs to change for Washington just to be respected. There is just no respect for this team. In spite of what Carson Wentz is doing on offense, in spite of what that receiving core is doing on offense, there is just no respect for this Washington team. I got to see more. And there's a lot of people that want to see the same. One-on-one is good, but we could be 2-0 right now. We could be. And I got to believe this is where you play your best game when you're playing division rivals there in Washington against Philly. Should be a game to watch. You know who I'm going with. They are underdogs this week. Washington, of course, by almost seven points. Really? So I guess we have no shot in the world against Philly on a short week at home. That's going to be the game to watch. But that is not one of my games for two a days for week three. I'm going to give you that right now. This is the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the commission, and I'm going to give you my two-a-days for week three. And, and, and let me just say this real quick. There's other games going on for week three that we really should be checking out. There's the Cardinals and Rams. There's the Broncos and 49ers. There is the Green Bay Packers and the Buccaneers. And believe me, these are games that are also pivotal games. I don't want anybody to feel as though I'm really cheating anybody out of these games. But the two games that stand out in my mind that we're going to be talking about come Monday morning, 
starts with Buffalo at Miami. This is for the fight for first place in the division. We will all see what the Buffalo Bills have done to this point. Shout out to Bills Mafia. Shout out to all those people there at Orchard Park, New York. You've done your team proud. You look great on Monday night against the Titans. And I got to believe we're going to repeat that again against Miami in Miami. But, however, I am not shortchanging. I'm not discounting what Miami could do. A lot is going to be asked of Tua Tungavailoa. It's not to say that he cannot go out there and do so. But I got to believe that Buffalo defense is going to be a lot faster, put a lot more pressure on Tua Tungavailoa there in the pocket. I'm always, always giddy to see Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle do their thing, but they're going to need more of that running game established. They're going to need more Chase Evans. They're going to need more Rasheem Moser. They're going to need those guys to run the ball just to make that offense honest. And then maybe we'll see some production out of that defense from Miami. I don't think the game's going to be close. Five-point favorite for Buffalo. Five-point favorites. I think they cover that and then some. It'll be close, but by the fourth quarter, we'll see the better team prevail. Like to see Buffalo up against the Miami Dolphins in a close win, 26-20. I like that. Very close. Might even go to overtime. You never know. 26-20 is what I'm predicting. Second game be the Monday night game between the Dallas Cowboys there at the New York football giants at MetLife Stadium there in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Shout out to the Giants. I really don't shout out my team's division that much, but I can't stand Dallas. I can't stand the fact that there's people out there that really think Dallas has a chance to go into the playoffs. What? What are, what are we smoking these days? What, what, what What's the high top ingredient out there to think that Dallas really has a chance? Because of the fact they're one and one, that they barely beat Cincinnati, we should be proud of that without a Dak Prescott. With a subpar running game, Ezekiel Elliott looking like he's slowing down a lot, like he's got two flat tires. Nothing impressive about that Dallas offense. And the one thing that stands out about the defense, obviously, is Micah Parsons, but he is not the entire defense. He's going to need help putting pressure on the Giants. But I think the Giants have an answer for that Dallas defense. A little bit of Daniel Dimes and a whole lot of Saquon. I mean, mean, I'm sure he'll get a chance to pass the ball to his receivers as well. I want Sterling Shepard to have an outstanding game because he's on my fantasy team. But I like the Giants to win that game on Monday. I really do. And it's it's more so the fact that I think the Giants have a lot to prove, even at 2-0. I looked at the top 20 or the top 32 teams, power rankings. Even at 2-0, they got this team ranked 19th. They're the only team right now, undefeated team at 2-0, that's not in the top 10 in power rankings. How disrespectful is that? We still don't want to give this team high praise. We still don't think that the Giants are capable of going out there and beating a team like Dallas, whether Dak is there or not. Monday night? I know that Giants defense is going to come to play. I like Giants to win one-point favorite against Dallas. I like the Giants to cover in a close game, maybe a 21-17 to 
17 game. I'm looking at it from that aspect. I think the Giants could put up three touchdowns. I think Daniel Jones can give you two with Saquon running one in. I think it's very possible, given how this Dallas team looks right now. Nothing looks impressive. Nothing looks promising. They need Dak in the worst way, but they probably need a lot more in defense to give themselves a chance to win Monday night. Give me the Giants. Give me Buffalo. Those are my two-a-days for week three. So says the commission. You are listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm going to end this show by talking about something that has been so disturbing to me. It really burns a hole in my chest. It makes me nauseous to hear these accusations that came down from Mississippi, the state of Mississippi. Recently, according to MSNBC News, the state of Mississippi, Department, the former director of the Department of Human Services, John Davis, plead guilty to new federal charges in a conspiracy to misspend tens of millions of dollars that were intended to help poor families. That alone just burns a hole through your chest. It's like acid going through the battery, going through the car. There's nothing about this story that makes anybody feel as though anyone like this should deserve to see life outside of a prison yard. He should be stuck in some hole. He should be guarded up by the best of the guards. That man should be served two meals a day behind bars. Shouldn't see the day of light unless he's looking through his window. John Davis is not just the only person in the state of Mississippi doing wrong. Former NFL and Hall of Famer Brett Favre has something to do with this as well. Taking part of that money taking part of that embezzled money and putting it towards his daughter's college volleyball team there at Southern Mississippi. Can you believe this? Can we believe? Maybe something that that can. The commission is trying to wrap his brain around this too. Maybe there's so much about this that's just so nauseating to hear because the question is why would Brett Favre get himself involved in something like this? But it's like I've said before, people of power cannot think, fathom, of being in a position where they do not have that stature, that clout, that reputation, that power that they used to have. Brett Favre is a has-been quarterback, even though he's one of the greats. It's not enough that he can just sit back and enjoy time with his family. He's got to steal from poor people. He's got to steal from crooked politicians that have no intent of supporting some of the most poverty-stricken, most oppressed people in this in the country, right there in the state of Mississippi, makes me nauseous. It's pathetic. It's horrible to hear. Whatever is done with Brett Favre, he deserves full extent. If this man is not found guilty on any charges, there is a problem with the legal system and a bigger problem in the state of Mississippi because there's just some things you just don't let happen. Brett Favre should be ashamed of himself. But again, it's the fact that if you're a person that can manipulate, manage money negatively, illegally, 
that things like this will always happen because there is no threat. There is no fear of consequences. This is something that will continue no matter who it is for as long as we live and breathe. It's just a shame that we have to hear this coming from one of the greats from the NFL. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. Please, I apologize if I sound a bit groggy, raspy, getting over a cold, doing my best to do this episode good. I thank everybody for listening to this show. Anyway, means that much to me. Coming up on the midnight hour, as I usually do, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. That Robitussin is kicking in right about now. But I'm struggling. But I'm going to do this thing because I love you guys out there for listening to my show. This is the Kneel Down Podcast. Again, I am the Kamish. Wish everybody the best this weekend. Should be some great games for week three. We saw a good one on Thursday night. Plan on seeing some more as we go into the weekend. Of course, we got college football to look at. Maybe find some more upsets. When that time comes, I'll talk about it. But I'll end it at that. Wish everybody the best weekends. Weather should be nice, depending on where you are. And I'll end it by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated when you can. And I'm out.